<laughs> All right. Last week, I was given the opportunity to interview two of the Army's future leaders, and I was pretty excited to get the chance to do it. Part one, take one. To start off, tell me a little about yourself. Bonjour, je m'appelle Catherine. Je suis une étudiante à l'Université de Georgetown et j'aime courir, explorer la nature et collaborer avec mes amis. J'ai écouté toutes les choses qu'il m'a dit. J'ai essayé d'aider toutes les personnes à entrer en contact. People often complain that each generation is different, and older generations joke that they just don't understand the younger ones. Like they're speaking a completely different language. We here on the show know how important it is to understand what youth today are thinking and doing, because, quite simply, they are the future leaders of our army and our country. So in today's episode, we're going to speak to four future leaders, two current cadets from ROTC and two from JROTC, and get their thoughts on a wide number of topics, ranging from how they got involved to their thoughts on Army recruiting, to topics like climate change, social media, and AI. And their responses? Not what we were expecting. The chats were so interesting and insightful that we decided to turn it into two episodes. And today, we'll be playing part one for you. But don't worry, today's conversation will be completely in English, I think. Hello, my name is Kyle Fernandez, and welcome to Army Matters. Hello, my name is Katherine Blotvogel, and welcome to Army Matters. I'm Carrie Varohikis, and this is Army Matters. Hello, everyone. I'm with Sharon Duncan, one of the senior producers at AUSA. Normally, we jump into an episode with our two hosts, General Smith and SMA Daily. But since this is the first of a special two-part episode talking to future leaders of the Army, we felt it was only appropriate to have the youngest of our team guide us through this episode. And well, that's me. So let's get into it by meeting the four cadets who General Smith and I chatted with. First off, we went with two high school students both going into their senior years, who are members of JROTC. All right, so my name is Jake Witt, and I'm from Connor High School, Texas. So that's uh, just north of Houston. Um, and this is actually my first year in junior ROTC. Nice. So, yeah. Okay. And you're a junior or a senior in high school? I'm upcoming senior. Upcoming so. senior. Okay, great. Okay, how about you, sir? All right, my name is Easton Jen. Uh, currently, I live at uh, Schofield Barracks in Hawaii. Nice. Hula Hula High School. Uh, this is my third year, soon to be fourth year, because summer break mm-hmm. of JRTC and up and coming senior. Jake and Easton are both young, but we came away impressed with their sage-like insights, which you'll hear in a moment. Separately, we sat down with the top two ROTC cadets. The first was Catherine Blotvogel, who's in her early 20s studying in college. I currently attend Georgetown University, and I'm part of the Hoya Battalion. I'm from Jefferson City, Missouri. I was born and raised there. Alongside Catherine was Kyle Fernandez, the oldest of the group. In his early 30s, he enlisted over a decade ago 
and is now taking part in ROTC's Green to Gold program. I attend Bowie State University, and my major, as I'm wrapping up, is um, communications. I'm originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yes, uh, if you're familiar with the office, that's what they refer. Uh, I joined the military back in 2008, um, have been serving ever since. One of the first things we learned about each of these future leaders is how family influenced their view of the Army and military, as well as their decisions to consider becoming a cadet. First off, Catherine from the Georgetown ROTC spoke about her grandfather. So my grandfather passed away a few months ago. Yeah. My grandfather loved stories. Mm -hmm. He really had trouble speaking at the end of his life. And so one thing that we really encouraged him to do was to write down his stories. Okay. And he has just some crazy stories. He was in Korea for a while working on the mosquito planes. Um, so, so he was a Korean War vet? Yes, sir. He was Air Force. <laughs> he was Air Force. We like Air Force people on this show, too. So, so again, th thinking about that, let's pull that thread a little bit. So what was his impact on you? making the decision to eventually join RTC, Did that have any impact? I think that for me growing up, military service was always kind of at the periphery. I knew mm -hmm. that it existed. I knew that my uncle was in the Navy. I knew that my grandpa was in the Air Force. And I knew that it was an option and that some people that I know in high school are going to enlist or become officers. Yeah. But growing up, it was never a huge part of my life. Right. Although having family in the military wasn't really a deciding factor for me to join the military, since deciding to join, I, I think that it's definitely brought out a lot more pride and a lot more just family respect to hear my mm -hmm. grandpa tell his stories. JROTC cadet Jake from Texas was inspired not by a grandparent, but rather an older brother. So Jake, you have a brother that's stationed in Germany. And he's in the military. Can you tell us what he does? He's infantry. So he went in, I think, uh, after he graduated in 2021, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. As soon as he graduated basic, he got sent to Germany. And he was there for he was there for a little while. And he's actually back now. He came back last year. Okay. And so he's in Georgia now. So he deployed in support of uh, probably some stuff that was going on in Poland. His unit was probably there supporting that. So yeah. So what did you think about, did that change your view about the military at all with seeing your brother enlist? What, what changed when you saw him when he came back? Whenever I went to like his graduation from basic, it's, it, kind of, it honestly kind of inspired me. Really? Yeah, I think it inspired me a lot. Um, okay. Because before that, I didn't really know exactly what college I wanted to go to or what I wanted to do. Right. But after seeing like what he had done, I mean, he was just graduating basic, but even just that. Yeah. It kind of inspired me to do like follow like a military path. Okay overall even though that's the army and I'm, i want to go in the air force but either way it's both of that and then him going to germany like right off the bat it kind of i was like you know i want to travel too okay if i look at all of his friends right what they're doing and then what he's doing yeah he's experienced so much more in like the year while they've some of them haven't really done much at all so yeah and easton from hawaii told us about his father winning a bronze medal and how that impacted him. So he doesn't like to talk about it much, but the plaque in his uh, glass case with a bunch of stuff in it 
says it was for saving people during a firefight. I don't remember if it was actions he made during combat or calling in uh, medevacs, mm -hmm. but he earned a bronze star. Tell our listeners what that means. He deploys in with infantry and ground troops. And from my understanding, he talks to the pilots. Yes. Uh, if you need strafes, he's the guy who calls those in. Medevacs, he calls those in. Bomb drops, anything that involves aircraft from on the ground. Right. So he's like bringing the Air Force assets to help the ground force accomplish the he mission. brings them all together. Okay, great. You hear about people on TV and the stories they do, but then you're talking to your dad and you're like, this is the guy that I see stubbing his toe in the morning because he can't see where he's going. <laughs> or I joke with him about how he's uh, all his hair's getting white. But he did all the cool stuff that you see on TV that people get honored for, and it's just, it, it's a weird feeling. Despite having a hero in his household stubbing his toe, Easton had very little interest initially in joining the ROTC, or frankly, anything having to do with the military. That was until... So I had a friend who really wanted to do it, but didn't want to go alone. Okay. And because my dad was military, I was going through rebellious stage. I said, not a chance. Not a chance. Not happening. No way. I'd okay. rather take art class. And I can't. <laughs> and uh, Easton, you say you would rather take art class in junior ROTC? That okay. was what I thought in middle school. Okay. All and right. then she dragged me out one day. I was tricked. I was informed we were going to Panda Express. Okay. Uh, we ended up at a, I don't know if it was a drill competition or people just showing off, but I saw color guard, uh, armed exhibition, so spinning rifles. Right. The spinning rifles is what got me. And Jake was introduced to JROTC by his brother, who had an interesting reason for joining. My first ever hearing about it was from my brother. So you'll find a common theme. I hear so your brother was in our junior ROTC first? He was. Okay. He was in it. It's actually kind of funny the reason why he was in. So he's dyslexic. Okay. And so my mom called the school whenever she heard that he had to take Spanish class. She was like, he can barely learn English. So mm -hmm. she pulled some strings and had him do JROTC instead of taking Spanish. So mm -hmm. he just did it for one year, even mm -hmm. though it's, it should have been two since Spanish is two years. Right. That's whenever I first kind of heard about it. I saw him in the uniform and right. everything. As I was coming into my junior year, I was thinking of like the Air Force Academy and how I can get some connections yeah. and start like introducing myself into this field. And mm -hmm. so I just figured that joining JRTC would be the best thing for me to do just to get more involved and get some connections to right. help me with my like application process. Right. You guys are way smart. I'll just tell you real quick. I, I joined RTC in uh, high school a long, long, long time ago because we had to. It was mandatory for all the kids uh, in our high school at the ninth grade. And so after one year, you could choose whether or not you wanted to stay, uh, stay in the program. And I just decided to stay, uh, stay in the program. The Defense Prisoner of War and Missing in Action Accounting Agency is dedicated to building a reckoning of our missing heroes. Join us online at dpaa.mil for the Korean Cold War Government Briefing, August 17 through 18 in Arlington, Virginia. Discover their mission to account for the missing and bring answers to their families.
and back to Georgetown's Catherine, whose grandfather served in the Korean War. She wasn't involved in JROTC in high school, but after graduating, started looking around to figure out how she could achieve her dreams. I went to high school. I did normal high school things. I was on the cheer team. I was on the debate team. And then when senior year was wrapping up, I really decided that I had no clue what I wanted to do. I knew that college was in my future, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided to take a gap year and just do some national service. Okay. I joined AmeriCorps National Civilian Community Corps, FEMA Corps, which basically just means I was part of a group of 10 individuals that worked for AmeriCorps. And then we traveled around with FEMA and responded to disasters. So over the nine months I was in the program, I lived in five different states in Puerto Rico responding to disasters. This was when Hurricane Florence happened, Hurricane Michael, and then we were still in recovery for Hurricane Irma and Maria. Wow. While I was there, I met a couple retired army guys that had gone into FEMA afterwards as their civilian career. Right. So I knew that I wanted to do some sort of international service-based, probably dealing with some crisis management, project management, something in that realm. And then as I was in FEMA Corps talking to these retired Army veterans, I realized that the jobs they were describing and their stories from when they were in the service were the jobs that I had been dreaming about for all of my childhood. Right. And this was around the time that I was applying to some of these more expensive schools that I knew I wouldn't be able to afford if I got into. And so that was just kind of the natural progression of, I think I want to join the military. I think it has the opportunities that I want to do. And they have some really great opportunities to help me fund my school if I go to a bigger name private university. And Kyle, the eldest in the group, was inspired by a specific event. Um, so this may come off as a, a little bit cheesy, but I promise it's, uh, it's genuine. So my birthday is actually September 11th. No way. 2001? Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> 1990. All right. Okay. All right. Like, okay. Um, yeah. So actually I never knew that my birthday was 911, ironically, but, right. um, yeah, so I was in sixth grade. I'm sure everybody remembers where they were. And, you know, I go home and, and essentially I'm a, an 11 year old kid with his birthday ruined. Mm-hmm. From kind of that point on, uh, I did have an interest. Like the military kind of caught my eye. Um, I read a lot as a kid, um, you know, still do to this day. But I like the concept of serving your country, even in some countries, it's mandatory two years. So really, I would say from honestly, probably 12 to 15 years old, I was like, well, I'll at least do a contract. Yeah. But I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anyone who served. Um, it was just something that I knew that I, I wanted to do. I was very passionate about doing. And um, for a while there, there definitely was that that thought of like, these these fools messed up my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my birthday is September 13th. So I, I can relate. Are you right there, sir. Yeah. I'm very close. Not as close as you, but they're definitely, definitely right there. And now that they're each in the programs, how do they describe it to those on the outside who have little to no idea what they actually do. First off, we heard from Jake, the Texas JROTC cadet. The first thing that everyone thinks that's in high school, at least whenever they hear JROTC, is they think military, they think that we get yelled at, they think that we're getting like hazed every single day. So that's just always what I like to clear up, first of all, because that's not at all what it is. 
I like to explain it as making sure that we know what we're going to do after high school. My instructors specifically like to make sure that we know where we're going, whether that's college or trade school or to the military, if that's what we want to do. And I know you brought up the National Honor Society, and I think that's a good thing to bring up because it's kind of similar in the fact that it's just making sure that we're all, um, we all have an idea of like what we're doing and, and find a place to be like in the community because National Honor Society, as I'm a member of it, likes to focus on like community service and doing, making sure you're involved. And how about Catherine? How does she explain ROTC to everyone? So I typically explain that it's a scholarship program where I participate as a student and then I have this kind of side job of uh, military training. And then after my four years here, I'm going to go on to do four years active duty. And it's just kind of my guaranteed job after I'm done with school. I typically explain it in the scholarship sense because I think that makes a lot of sense for people for me to say, well, I got four years of tuition assistance and then after that I'm going to give four years back to the army, maybe more depending on how that goes. And then for people that I'm I'm really close with and, you know, really want to know what I do day to day, I just kind of explain that it's a little bit of physical training and then it's a lot of just learning how to become an officer and my side job is acting as a cadet officer for these other cadets. Catherine referred to her closest friends. And friendship, actually, was something that all four cadets mentioned. Specifically, friendships gained through their cadets' programs. Catherine, when asked about some of her best experiences, talked about early morning adventures. Something that we haven't really touched on much today is how much the mundane parts of life bring you together with some of your friends. It turns friends or acquaintances or teammates into really, truly your best friends. So give us an example. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, so we had to do a 12-mile ruck this semester. A road march. Uh, yes. A you walk for 12 miles. Yes. With something on your back. Yes, 35 okay. pounds. 35 pounds. Okay. All right, go ahead. I was in charge of like planning and facilitating that. Okay. However... We had to wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning to get to our formation at 2.45 okay. so that we could begin the road march by like 3.15. Wow. So it is the dead of night, pitch black. I think I probably went to bed at midnight the night before. Right. This is not something that normal college students probably would ever think to do. Right. But I was stationed at a turnaround point, just counting cadets, making sure that we had everyone and everyone was doing okay and that there was safety on the course. Um, but I was there with my friend and we were just hanging out the whole time at, you know, four o'clock in the morning now. We'd been awake for two hours. We were just standing at this point counting cadets. Definitely not one of the exciting stories where we fly around in helicopters or anything like that. However, that 4 a.m. conversation that I had really helps us bond and become some of the best friends. And I know that we're going to continue to be friends even after we go our separate ways. Easton, the Hawaiian JROTC cadet, echoed that and added another concept, family. I would say the best thing that in all of junior ROTC is the fact that it essentially becomes a family. Okay. The various teams you're on, you spend every day together practicing. It's not easy. You go from meeting the standards to exceeding the standards 
and that's still got to be competitive. So you get really close with everyone around you. Right. Those bonds never leave. I've got a friend who lives at Fort Knox that I met there, a friend at Ramstein in Germany, mm-hmm. friend up in Alaska. Those bonds never leave. It's been three years since I've seen most of them. Yeah. And I still talk to him on a daily basis. Jake from Texas agreed with this. In fact, he and Easton had only met three days prior to our sit down, but more on that later. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. And I also think with JRTC, you're going to make friends because everyone's doing the same thing. You're wearing the same uniform on the same day. And if you're not good at making friends, you're going to be forced to make friends with at least someone (laughs) Yeah, because you're going to be doing stuff together. I mean, we do a lot of team building stuff, so you're going to find your people and find a place to fit in. Right. So another thing, battle buddies. Battle buddies. When you are going somewhere, have to have someone with you. Like, for instance, I met this man three days ago when I found his backpack in my room. Oh. (laughs) And since then, we have done just about everything in D.C. together. Right. You are... You have to make friends. Otherwise, well, there is no otherwise. There's no otherwise. It is impossible not to make a friend when you are forced to spend every waking moment with someone else, generally the same person at all times. If you are a JROTC student or know someone who is, AUSA has money to give you. Submissions for the prestigious Lieutenant General Theodore Stroop Jr. Scholarship Essay Contest are currently being accepted. Open to all JROTC students in the junior and senior levels of high school. Applicants are asked to provide a letter of recommendation and submit an essay in response to the article by Sergeant Major Nelson and Sergeant Major Arnold, titled, Put down that smartphone and show courage to learn. Can you put down that smartphone? You could be one of the top three contestants to receive AUSA scholarships ranging from $2,500 to $1,000. The deadline is September 1st, and more information can be found at www.ausa.org forward slash scholarships under the Army Scholarships category. Best of luck to all the contestants. The four cadets we spoke to had more thoughts. We then posed the question to all of them. Why should someone join ROTC or JROTC? Easton answered first. Consider your options. Okay. But there, there's so much out there right now. Not all of it's necessarily reliable. Okay. The one thing that will be around as long as America is around, and hopefully that's your entire life, the military will be there. And even if you don't plan on going to the military, the high school course teaches things that you wouldn't get anywhere else. Yeah. You get bits and pieces. If you were to do sports, if you were to do arts, uh, discipline, really big one that not really many people think about. Right. Drill teaches people that the standards are not the most you can do. In fact, they should be the minimum of what you do. Right. Uh, Bonds teaches respect, mutual respect, interpersonal relations, everything you could think of that you'd be using in an industry or business or just life in general. 
Okay. This teaches a really good way. And what about ROTC? Why should it interest people going to college? Georgetown's Catherine answered that one. I think that people who have a desire to serve mm-hmm. and a dedication to that should look into ROTC. Um, I think that there are some people who try it because maybe they just want to have a really close group of friends and that's awesome. There are some people who try it because they've seen a lot of military movies and they're inspired by that. And I think that's also awesome. But I think the people who really succeed are not necessarily the fastest runners or the people that have the most military tactic knowledge. Right. But really the people that come into it looking for a way to help other people and looking for a way to better dedicate their service. And I know there are some people who came to college with ROTC not even on their radar and then kind of learned that the Army is a place where you have opportunities to pursue a career that you want, to pursue job opportunities, to just get some of the benefits such as tuition assistance. Um, And it's all packaged in this national service framework where the whole goal is to support other people and to help the nation. And as you were talking about before, your time in FEMA uh, probably helped pull that out because you saw some some great mentors that showed you that. Yes, definitely. I went to FEMA because I had this idea of service as a good a, a good thing to do. I knew that I really liked helping other people. I knew that I really liked meeting other people and learning from them. And so as I'm going around doing these these operations with FEMA, I'm learning from the people that I meet in the community. I did a lot of community outreach. And then also just from the people that are FEMA employees telling me about their service and their time. And I was like, wow, what you're telling me about your time in the army is exactly what I've been thinking about. And I just didn't have the words or the job title to know what I was pursuing. And Kyle touched on the topic of mental health, something increasingly important for people of all ages. I truly believe in my heart of hearts that most people live a life of quiet desperation. Okay. I think people don't have a sense of belonging. They don't have a sense of purpose. Hmm. Um, and, and they also don't realize that that's okay because the person sitting next to you, the person you're talking to also has no idea. You know, this is the first time you're, you are you at this stage in your life. So it's all new. It's constantly changing. Right. But since we live in a world where everything has to be perfect, the angle has to be perfect. The picture has to be perfect. The video has to be perfect. Like if you're not doing this at a certain time, you're not good enough. You're not as good as your neighbor or something like that. Right. It's just, it's really sad because everybody's having the same thought, but no one's having the conversation. And luckily, yes, there's a turn for mental health here, you know, that's been in the last, I'd say five to 10 years. And that's great. We seek the help, but also put in the work. Um, because the people next to you are having the same thought. You, we're all just too scared to say something about it. But if we did and we helped each other out, man, there's no telling what you could do. More thoughts on ways to address mental health problems. First off, JROTC cadet Jake noted his father deals with it professionally. My dad's actually, he's an ER nurse. So he he always, he works at Texas Children's and he he talks to me about, like he tells me his ER stories and stuff. And he tells me about all the the psych patients that they have in the ER. They get them a ton every single day. Like he right. says, like at least seven of their beds are taken up by psych patients. And he said, and he's actually going, he's going to go to school to pursue psychiatry. 
because he just realizes the importance of it and that we don't do enough for that. And it's such a problem because, I mean, he sees like 14-year-olds, 13, like really young kids in the ER who want to kill themselves or they're self-harming or whatever for a variety of reasons. And it makes me realize, like talking to him, just like how big of a problem it is and how little we do for it. Easton's father is also doing what he can to remedy the problem. My dad previously was on a board to address mental health within the Air Force. And I heard a lot of conversations between him and a professional, I believe it was a psychiatrist or psychologist trying to discuss methods of improving it. Sure. And seeing stuff myself as a high schooler, you hear comments pretty much on a daily basis about some form of harm, depression, anxiety. It's a very big deal. Personally, I spend a lot of time at the ocean, great stress reliever in nature, and when that's not cutting it, those bonds I mentioned earlier, people will support you if you just speak up. It's really good for mental resiliency, physical shape, which is another thing, PT. Physical training, you okay? There is nothing better to help mental shape than just going on a run. Right. Clear your mind, listen to music, and run. Great. That's good. The four cadets we spoke to had more thoughts on ways to address mental health problems, as well as other general Army and world issues. So many that we decided to turn this into a two-part episode. So next time, they'll be back to chat about the future of the Army and hear their thoughts on a wide range of topics, including what would they do if they were put in charge of Army recruitment? I think the military as a whole just does a horrendous job being able to paint the picture to the civilian population, to, to what you get, what you receive. And yes, social media. Personally, I use it only to essentially record what I do so I can go back and look on it, say 50 years when my memory's not that great. You'll hear more of that and more in part two. We'll talk to you then. To all our listeners, thanks for joining us. Army Matters is brought to you by the Association of the United States Army, the U.S. Army's professional association, member-supported, Army-connected. Visit us at AUSA.org for more information or to become a member. Your membership helps AUSA continue to carry out its mission, educate, inform, and connect with the total Army, our industry partners, and supporters of a strong national defense. Today's episode was hosted by Lieutenant General Retired Les Smith and LaSharon Duncan, an anchor hosted by Carrie Barrow Heckes. Anthony Del Call is the producer and writer, and Andy Bosnack is the supervising sound editor. Unzinga Curry is the executive producer, and the senior producers are Carrie Barrow Heckes and LaSharon Duncan. Be sure to subscribe to Army Matters wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. As you know, we love seeing stars in the Army, especially if it comes in the form of a five-star review. AUSA's Army Matters podcast's primary purpose is to entertain. The podcast does not constitute advice or services. While guests are invited to listen, listeners, please note that you're not being provided professional advice from the podcast or the guest. 
The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of AUSA. For questions or to provide topic recommendations, email us at podcast at AUSA.org. I'm with Sharon Duncan. Hope you have a great Army day. Hua.